Forgotten Flicks, episode 40, Night of the Living Dead, 1968, and the 1990 remake. 2011 October Spooky Flicks Fest. Hello, and welcome to Forgotten Flicks. I am Joel, and joined, unfortunately, I mean, as always, <laughs> by <laughs> Jason. Not nice to talk about Daryl like that. That isn't cool. Kill her, kill her, mommy, kill her, kill her. <laughs> See, if you were actually Jason Voorhees, that would be kind of cool. But you're not, so I'm not. I but I am a monster, monster zombie fan, so I'm very excited about tonight. Yes, and we Come are on. joined, almost as always, <laughs> <laughs> by Daryl. Hey. Yes, Daryl Taylor is joining us. The man from the Taylor Network. Hello, everybody. Happy Halloween, Daryl. Happy yes, Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yes, because this is airing, folks, on Halloween. You're like, what? Wait a minute. I opened up iTunes. What is this? An episode of Forgotten Flicks on a Monday? Yes, we love you so much. Or, depending on your point of view, we hate you so much. <laughs> Either that or Joel just can't read a damn calendar. So that is he probably says, oh, right, Halloween the episode. <laughs> scenario. Well, it would only be hate if you played Monster Squad or something. Whoa. Whoa. I'm just playing. Whoa. I'm just playing. I'm just I love you, Daryl. <laughs> you know, guys, all I got to say about the Star Wars prequels, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> now you are punishing it. Yeah. See, this is Halloween episode. You're just trying to scare people. Yes, I know. Stop right. it. I'm going oh, to no. stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. <laughs> The meds are still working, so we're good. Okay, we're going to get... We got a full boat tonight. Yeah, we got get... a full freaking yeah. boat. We're not only doing a double feature of the original Night of the Living Dead and the 1990 remake. We have, and I crap you not, folks, seven voicemails. This is the most collective voicemails we've had for one episode. Now, all the wonderful people that submitted voicemails, I cannot thank you enough. I will tell you up front, I had to edit some of them down. There was a a few that went into maybe some past episodes or went into some, you know, really uh, uh, our buddy, Tom, the fanboy, he's always good with going into a whole bunch of detail about the trivia. I had to cut him back or pretty much this would have just been a feedback episode. So that being said, let let me clarify. Yes. I made sure to tell the JFFL not to call in tonight because we had so many other voicemails. I I just wanted to keep, so you went, you went out to their kennels when you were bringing the Alpo. (laughs) Oh no. Don't put a stick in the hornet's nest now. Oh, they're going to come on you now. It's going to fill. When, when you went out, did you like, a... I kid, oh, ladies, I fire's kid. coming down on I you. They are devoted, <laughs> they're devoted fans. Come on. <laughs> Applaud the devoted fans. Yeah. Let's get into this feedback now. Yes, let's do that. First up <laughs> is our buddy Red K Queen Tawana. Hello, guys. It's Tawana calling in again. To give you a little feedback for your Night of the Living Dead podcast. I heard that you were going to be doing that this week, so I watched it. I was really impressed with the movie. I'm sure it's one of your favorites. And uh, It was a 1968 version. I thought the movie was really, really good. Uh, my favorite part was the little scene between, um, I don't want to spoil it, but between um, Karen and... And Helen, I believe their names were. That I thought that was the scariest part of the movie, and I was really impressed also with the the character development. It reminded me a lot of 
little TV show that we all know and love that being lost. Thank you guys so much. Um, I wanted to say congratulations on your nomination. And hopefully by the time you guys get this, it's going to be a win for you. Once again, just congratulations on all your achievements with the podcast. You know, I'm one of your biggest fans. With that, I'll say I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, she uh, is awesome. And I, I had a couple other things she had talked about that I'll just briefly mention. She thanked us, which she really should be thanking Jason for this, that she had always seen the Goonies and never really, I guess, figured out where the name the Goonies came from. And in our that episode, Jason went on this whole tirade about, yeah. you know, where the name the Goonies went. So technically it was Jason <laughs> who deserves credit for that. That's why he has the squad. Yeah, you know what? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> See, you busted on people saying, you're talking to Tawana saying, it's been a long time since you called. See, and you wonder why people don't like you? Well, I, don't, I, 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 think, I think there's like at least one person that likes me. They're dead now, but they like me. <laughs> <laughs> Up until the point that, you know, they realized the handle wasn't in the, of the inside of the Volkswagen bug. What? Yeah. So, ooh, Ted Bundy jokes. Come on, folks. They, they never get old. Okay. Wow. <laughs> this is the Halloween episode, so I can go as dark as I want to. Yeah. Okay. And she, she also, yeah, speaking of probably hating me, she also pointed out that in the Romancing the Stone episode, she took it as me mocking the Remington Steel theme, which she is a big fan of, um, mm. but that I actually liked the Robocop theme, which she apparently was crushed because she thought we were like cinematic twins. And that really, you know, messed her up. I will say this. A, I don't hate the Remington Steel theme. I was simply saying that the Romancing the Stone theme sucked. You hear that? Listen. Beep, 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 beep. He's backing it up. He's backing up the truck. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not backing up anything. I didn't say Remington Steel sucked. I said that the song in Remington Steel reminded me of that kind of like just TV theme, and it didn't fit the movie. That's all I was saying. Oh, that's right. You yeah. said that the, the music in, a, in um, Assault on Precinct 13, that sucked. No, right? I said that was awesome because it's Carpenter music. You go to hell. Oh, wait, you go I to hell that. and you die. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now we have feedback from someone who's never called in before but is an old buddy of mine so i told you there's at least one person well, of course he probably to this point doesn't like me and in fact likes jason but that's not the point here he is <laughs> this is terry hi this is uh terry calling in um been uh, listening to the podcast since the beginning but i definitely wanted to uh, get in on uh, a podcast for uh night of the living dead can't really say much more about Night of the Living Dead that hasn't been said before, although I was just recently reading a book on the subject and was interested to find out that Tom Savini apparently would have been involved with the uh, Night of the Living Dead, but unfortunately he had to go to uh, Vietnam and, uh, as it turned out, was able to take part in the project. Obviously came back when Romero decided to do a sequel um, about 10 years later, and his time in Vietnam greatly affected uh, how he handled the effects in that film and how he handled his effects work throughout his career. Only saw the uh, remake once and was actually a complete accident. I was working on a uh, Halloween film festival at the University of Florida, and we were planning to screen the original version of it. But when the midnight hour came and we started to watch the movie, for whatever reason, miscommunication, what have you, 
uh, we ended up seeing new version of it. And amazingly enough, not necessarily a packed house of people, but with a good audience of people, we all sat down, watched it, and no one was you know, particularly upset about it in a lot of ways. We're all pleasantly uh, surprised by the uh, results that uh, they came up with for the uh, remake. Love the podcast. Uh, keep up the good work, and uh, have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you, T-Man. That is Terry. Terry uh, and I go way back to, uh, to the days when I worked in a movie theater. We actually made a little cheese ball movie together. Terry, so you paid I, him to call. I pretty much did. That was good. Yeah, and uh, um, you know you hear that a lot from people saying, and we'll talk about this in a minute, that there's not a whole lot else to be said uh, than has already been said about Night of the Living Dead. But I, I, I think we got plenty to say. Oh, I so. think, oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Next up, guys. All right. We got more voicemail. Oh yes, we do, my friend. Holy cow! JV in the house. Hey guys, you know me, it's JV. At least I hope I, you know me. Um, either you're going to or you already did an episode on Night of the Creeps, and I just wanted to make a comment that it is pretty fairly awesome. Uh, even though I kind of disagree with, I mean, the movie was, you know, uh, you know I, um, I'm sorry, I'm not making any sense. I've kind of been uh, awake for the past either three or four days trying to fix the past um, and the future. Anyways, I have to uh, continue going on some more fun time traveling adventures. <laughs> so I will catch you when I return. Have a great show like you always do. And um, I hope to hear from you soon. Thank you for shopping and please come again. <laughs> yes, JV, you missed the Night of the Creeps episode because you're too busy screwing with the past. Did Primer teach you? So you messed up the past, which caused you to miss the episode, and yeah, you got to go back and fix you it. You know, that's a real problem with this technology. Once the episode's done, it's done. It's not like you can ever hear it again. Yeah. All right, it's locked in time. That's right. <laughs> Next up, our buddy Hammond, who in fact did the six. Uh, well, the original six flicks picks intro, which then became the flicks movie recommendation picks. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> uh, music. <laughs> he created that. But he actually called in with a very uh, quick little uh, note regarding our Nightmare on Elm Street episode. We apparently did him a great favor. Here he is. Hey, guys. This is Hammond. First time, a long time. Um, I'm embarrassed to admit that I just realized I learned, I know all the words still. The Nightmare on My Street. Thanks. Ooh. Just by like calling and say I've been really enjoying the, the Freaky Spook Fest or whatever you're calling it. Keep up the good work. Talk to you later. Bye. Hammond, <laughs> Hammond, we're always getting freaky. Ooh. Up in the forgotten. Oh, what? what? Freak Fest. Oh, are, you, are, you, are you hating on Mr. <laughs> getting Jiggy with it or just that song? Oh, I love that song. Just that song. <laughs> I, I, I love Will Smith. Okay. I can't remember every word to that song. It's a nightmare on my street. I, can't, I, I do, however, have virtually every mer, me, uh, word. I can't even speak. What the hell am I talking about? I got every word memorized to parents just don't understand. Parents just don't understand. I have memorized. Wow. That one I do. He's burnt the black weenie and his name is Fred. <laughs> <laughs> you just say burnt black is weenie. I'm your DJ now, Princey. <laughs> I love that Ooh. song. <laughs> 
Okay, Daryl, do, do you want to take back everything you said earlier that made you side with him? Uh, I'll be on, on the fence for a while. Okay, be on the fence. Yeah. Be on the fence. Yeah, I'm on the fence for that one. Next up, next up is our buddy Evan Batchelder. Hey guys, it's Kevin Batchelder from the Saturday B Movie Reel and the Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV podcasts. Hey, wanted to share a couple of thoughts with you. First off, uh, been really enjoying the bonus shows you've put out here during the podcast awards voting period. I know the purpose is obviously to remind us all to vote, and hopefully everybody has been. But the content's been very cool to listen to. I've really enjoyed your, uh, shall we say, down the rabbit hole discussions or off-topic uh, rants or whatever it might be. That's some cool stuff. So hopefully if you have some of that on future shows, whether it's just the regular ones the two of you do when you have a guest, you know, you don't need to do much editing to it. Just throw it out there on your feed. I think a lot of us would really enjoy hearing those from time to time. Also, the other thing I thought related somewhat to uh, Night of the Living Dead. Really looking forward to uh, your coverage of uh, the two versions there. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, that reminded me of one thing I, a lot of folks haven't heard of. Maybe you guys are certainly being old pros at it. It was a documentary I really enjoyed called Midnight Movies from the Margin to the Mainstream. Uh, came out a couple of years back. But uh, this one covered, you know, the, the growth of Midnight Movies, how they got started, the, you know, the where's and how's, you know, c covered several of the films that were instrumental in that from, you know, El Topo to Night of the Living Dead, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Eraserhead, you know, some discussions with several of the filmmakers, the actors, and, and the people at the theaters that actually made it happen in the different cities. So it's, it's some very cool stuff, uh, very fascinating, and I highly recommend uh, taking a look at it. I believe it's uh, available as a DVD rental on netflix or you can buy it you know from amazon for less than 10 bucks so always enjoy your podcast guys keep them coming take care i actually uh thank him for the suggestion of midnight movies i will look that up i really love uh movie documentaries the history of movies you know behind the scenes yeah. stuff uh there's one i love that came out in the early 90s like 91 or so maybe 92 called fear in the dark and it was put out it was a british documentary uh, hmm. Yeah, Christopher Lee was the uh, narrator. I actually have it on VHS. So, uh, ah, nice. You know, I don't know. Things end up on YouTube. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> yes. Next up, next up, folks, our buddy Peter. Because an episode wouldn't be complete unless Peter sends me voicemail literally ten minutes before we start recording <laughs> from Sweden. Hey guys, it's Peter. Uh, I I just realized it's the, the Night of the Living Dead episode. Ten minutes in. I haven't in. seen the 1990s version yet. <laughs> Sorry, Joel. I know you told me to. But the 68 version is one of my favorites. The black and white photo, it's, yeah, it's a great movie. And it's, it's from the year 1968, which was the year I was born, so it must have been a good year. I'm sure you'll cover it all in this uh, Halloween special podcast, which I, I I wanted to phone in, and uh, yeah, and I will try to keep this as confusing as always. So I'll just end it here. Have a great recording today. Bye bye. Okay, two observations, sleep, Peter. Yeah, please. seriously. Yeah, and two <laughs> you know what, uh, Peter? Peter is the coolest. Like Peter is is was one of my favorite listeners. So uh, for nothing's on. Because we ask him for we ask for feedback or we beg for it, Peter gives it to us. So he's we even awesome, dedi we dedicated a show to Peter. He is that's awesome. Our, he's that's awesome. How cool it is. Yes, he is. A, he is a a cool cat yeah. in a cool land. So did we get through all of them? Is that it? Um, actually, no. We have one remaining. 
Tom the Fanboy. Hey, this is Tom the Fanboy reporting in. And uh, just uh, interested that Night of the Living Dead coming up. It's one of those landmark films that are never really be a forgotten flick, but the fact that you're doing a, the 1990 remake in the same podcast makes me very happy because I thought it was a really good film as well. And it really is a forgotten flick. I already went up against Jason on Twitter about calling them ghouls instead of zombies, and uh, he we, we had a good discussion about it. I'm hoping somebody can get an interview or a soundbite from Romero in the early days to find out what he was calling them, um, other than living dead. In the original, the line, they're coming to get you, Barbara, still gives me the creeps. I watched it again, and I, just, I had to sort of... R- shiver a little bit when he says that just it's great one of my favorite parts in the original is what i feel fondly refer to as the barbecue scene when the dead start feasting on the corpse over in the truck and uh, i used an example once when my friends and i were arguing about whether zombies wanted raw food and i used this to prove that they just want fresh food they don't mind Mm -hmm. if it's cooked a little bit and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I thought that they the guts and the meat that they were all chewing on was was really good, really well done, and it really showed them actually eating it. it was a good point. The remake had, it had a pretty good cast. Um, Tony Todd though as the the star is way more intimidating than Jones, and uh, he he gets pretty scary at points, um, which is probably why he's played other characters which I'm sure you'll mention. Um, just like Patricia Tallman is way hotter than the original Barbara, Judith Day. I'm sure you'll talk about some of the other stuff she's done. Wink, wink. The moment in the movie where she takes off his shirt is great mm-hmm. in that you see more of her, of course, uh, and that her character is all like, forget Barbara, from now on, I'm Ripley. Bam. Gonna kick some butt. <laughs> There's other stuff too, but I've gone long enough, and I'm absolutely sure you'll cover some of the other points that I alluded to or avoided specifically, uh, because they're pretty big deals, at least for horror fans. So this is Tom the Fanboy signing off. Thank you, Tom. Always insightful, always good, and I always want to point out whenever you have an argument with Jason on Twitter. <laughs> we didn't necessarily have an argument. We were having a discussion. Oh, is that what you're calling about it now? Discussion. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did you try to convince him that Goonies was good? Uh, no, you're the only idiot that disagrees with me on that one. <laughs> the only idiot, Jason? Really? Yeah, you're the only idiot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess. I'm staying out of that one. <laughs> Yes. So, anybody? Uh, Fantastic. Yes. Uh, did you also like the guts eating scene? We, we were, of course, going to do a spoiler alert, but we won't go into who has their guts eaten. It is a friggin' zombie movie. We assume if you haven't seen Night of the Living Dead, you know at some point someone gets their guts eaten. There are guts eaten. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. I like the sound too. Yo, God, was a great. Loved it. Loved it. So. uh Gentlemen, would you like to get into the Night of the Living Dead? Oh, yes, please. Well, first, though, I think we probably should throw out the spoiler alert. I I mean, don't get me wrong, okay, because I love the movie, okay? But at the very end, the only guy to survive this entire ordeal... 
Yo, learn how to drive, buddy. No, where was I? No, no. The only guy to survive the entire ordeal, the cops come out of nowhere and... Excuse me. Excuse me. Spoiler alert, please. Huh. Huh, yourself. Hey, wait. Yo, buddy, wait, that's not that's not even your car. What the hell? You come in a freaking sports car and you leave it a piece of junk. <laughs> I, I love the spoiler alerts. I, I love them. Dude, JV is my hero. That is awesome. I love that he just on his own takes these freaking things that we did cheese ball at the beginning and makes them awesome. Yeah. Like now he's actually interacting with this damn Geeky guy. It's just great, man. I love it. I love that. Yeah, so in case uh, you haven't listened to any episodes of our show before, um, we definitely get into some spoilers, and we have to on these because there yeah. are some definite elements of the movie that uh, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> see it first uh, because we're going to spoil the hell well, out yeah, of The whole it, point so. of this freaking show is we go down you know, memory lane with these movies, so it would be mm-hmm. a little difficult to do without spoiling the crap out of them. So that said, we are going to go ahead and throw out the trailer for the original Night of the Living Dead, and then we will do the uh, synopsis, courtesy of Jason, and go a little bit into the main, the original film uh, before we jump into the remake, okay? Welcome to a night of total terror. souls hunt the living the living whose bodies are the only food for these ungodly creatures in fear, an experience in shock, more shattering than your strangest nightmare, night of the living dead, a night with the dead who cannot die, night. The Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. You know, I wish they would have the said dead the title die. of the movie somewhere in Where there. Where the dead die so much <laughs> that they're living <laughs> until they're dead again. And then someone kills them again. And then Wait, they're what, dead. So- <laughs> what's the title? I honestly don't know. Yeah, I wish they'd said the title. I have there. no effing idea what this movie is. I don't get it. Zombie Apocalypse? I don't know. I think it was, yeah, Zombie 2. <laughs> of those old movies they just got to say the movie title over and over. i love that trailer it is horrible it's almost like the guy was making it up like they handed him some kind of just basic copy and he like looked at him and went what the hell is this and then they're like oh it just sounds it scary like he was, it sounded like he was beating on a podium at that heartbeat yeah. he was like bump bump, yeah. bump bump night <laughs> of the living dead 
<laughs> what do you say? The dead who aren't living or can't go? Oh, I don't know. Oh. Yeah, so Night of the Living Dead, Jay. Want to bust out the old synopsis? Uh, yes. Uh, this one is actually relatively simple. This is basically the story of uh, some strangers who happen to be around this farmhouse. And uh, at, for different reasons, all come together at the farmhouse because something has caused the recently dead to come back to life. And uh, it actually starts with um, Judith O'Day, who is character Barbara. She's going to a cemetery to visit her, you know, uh, dead dad. Is it her dad in the first one? In the original, it's her father because they're complaining right. about yeah. the mother not coming out with them. Correct. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So she goes to visit her dad for long, far away with her husband or boyfriend or whatever. And then immediately starts into the. It's her brother. Is it her brother? Oh, yeah, that's her right. Brother. Yeah. Her which, brother. which, that's which, her. which. If they were a little further south of the Mason-Dixon line, might actually have been both. Oh. <laughs> I live here and was born here. I can make that joke. Go ahead. Okay. So it's your town that that is. Okay. Um, yes, that's right. It's your brother. I forgot. And because they were complaining about mom not coming. And But anyway, right away, of course, they're in a cemetery and a, a, a living dead person comes after them. Um, and she f- goes running off and finds this farmhouse. Well, so do several other people eventually. And this is really just the movie is the story of them fending off the living dead who are coming after them into this uh, building and them trying to figure out what to do to escape. And it's their character development and their interplay um, throughout the movie. And then uh, obviously goes to a, a, a an ending, which we will talk about. But <laughs> the basic story is them all kind of surviving in this yep. house. A la Assault on Precinct 13. <laughs> I'm, not even gonna, I'm, not even, I'm not taking the bait. Forget you. <laughs> Your damn Roach Motel bait. Yes. <laughs> I think it's important to note that this was George Romero's directorial debut. Uh, yeah. Prior to this, he had uh, was involved with a, a production company called, uh, I believe it was Image 10. And they did lots of local commercials in the Pittsburgh area. And they wanted to make you know a feature. They They were kind of a... You know, this is the, the late 60s. They were, you know, you know, pretty hippie and had this little communal thing going on. And they, I, I was actually just re, I'm reading a book right now called Shock Value by Jason Zinneman. And it goes into the history of the, the 60s into the 70s and how when horror went from the old sort of Vincent Price gothic type horror where it made that shift into the more modern era. Mm-hmm. And they go into some pretty, uh, pretty in-depth uh, backstory in, into Night of the Living Dead and how it all came about. And if you're a fan of the movie, you probably know a lot of this stuff already. But Ramiro wasn't necessarily the first guy that was going to direct it. So he ended up getting it because he had the most experience. But I think there for a time, uh, John Russo, who co-wrote it with him and has done other, a lot of uh, B pictures, like he did The Majorettes. He did a movie called, I believe it was just called Midnight with Tom Savini, where Savini plays like this vampire hunter. And uh, I actually have a video box that he, uh, of a movie he made with Tom Savini. It's a documentary called um, Horror Movie Effects or Horror Special Effects. And uh, somebody got it, uh, Savini to sign it for me, which is pretty cool. Mm. And uh, so Russo was a possibility to direct it. They went with Ramiro. And, uh, you know, I guess you could say the rest is history. Um, another interesting side note I wanted to point out before I forget. This movie is in the public domain, if you didn't know that, because when they originally released it, they didn't include a copyright at the end of the movie. When they when they actually, because their title changed. I think, what was the original title? Oh, crap. It was in the... Um, the director of the documentary that was on the remake. And I can't, uh, I don't remember. Yeah. For the life of me, I can't remember what the heck it was called, but it, it, it was, it was like night of, you know, 
the ghouls or, or something like that. And they ended up, um, there was, oh, no, it was the flesh eaters. Oh, yeah. That's what that's it was. Because right. there was yeah. already a movie called Flesh Eaters, and they were going to get, you know, they got a cease and desist. Um, and so they changed it at the last second to Night of the Living Dead. Well, the company that was doing the titles didn't bother to put the copyright. And uh, went out, and that. Oops. The, yeah, and at the time, you know, if you threw something up in a public venue and no copyright on it, guess what? Mm. So, yes. Which is one of the reasons why they, in fact, did the remake, was to remedy that situation. So. Yes. So, Jace, Jason, let's. Uh, you want to give the floor to Daryl and kind of get his his take on this classic. Well, yes. Yes. Yes, please. Yes, Daryl. Yes. <laughs> um, well, this. You know, I. It's been a while since I watched it. Before when you when you guys mentioned it, we were going to do that. But I remember growing up. I remember that this was the movie where the black guy wasn't a stereotype yep. in horror. Yep. And you all, I always remembered it yep. from that. Yep. Which well, was cool. well, yeah, because prior to this movie, there had never been a black protagonist, a hero in, in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. At least not that I'm aware of. And he was the hero. Yes, he was. Like a, yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and they, and they didn't have, uh, in the movie, there was never a race type of thing. They never brought up race. Well, you know what's... Even, go ahead. Well, even when they had the conflict between him and, and Harry, I think yeah, it was. Yes. They never yeah. brought that up. It, it was on the surface. It was under the they, surface, yeah, but they never went there. Right. Yeah. No. And I think it's interesting because I, I know the original script, <laughs> Ramiro actually wrote the character as like kind of a like kind of more redneck trucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. he was going to be kind of like Daryl or Merle from The Walking Dead. Yes. Yes. And and when I guess when Dwayne Jones came in, that's the actor who played Ben, when he came Mm -hmm. in and did the audition at the time, you know, Ramiro wasn't, you know, really, I guess even there was no, you know, didn't say in the script what the race of the character was. And when he came in, did such a fantastic job. He's like, well, this guy's Ben. I don't care that he's you know black. So but it was interesting because apparently Dwayne Jones really didn't like the way the character was written from the point of view of being a trucker. So he brought a lot of because I I. I actually believe uh, he passed away in 1988, but prior to that, yeah. he had like a PhD in, I think it was literature. He was like an English professor. I mean, you know, this guy, and he comes across very kind of professorial, kind of, you know, yeah, very, yeah. very cerebral. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, as opposed to, and we'll get into this later, Tony Todd in the remake, who I, I think, you know, comes across as smart, but he just, he's more um, intense. I think that's the best way to put but it. More I, emotional. Yeah. I think, yeah. More emotional, too, for sure. Struck me about Dwayne Jones's character in this uh, is Ben is that he, he seemed like the ultimate um, high moral. Like yeah. he, he believed in it and he was uh, more of the philosophy of doing what was right and um, what was uh, good for, you know, the other people in there. And, and when it got into the remake and we were talking more about the way Tony Todd played it, it was, he was more aggressive. Even when you talk about, um, you know, when when Ben and Harry were getting into it, he was the more reserved of the two. Yeah, you know? right. You know, Ben was the, the more intellectual, intelligent. He was the more I have to keep our calm. But when you got into the remake, uh, which we'll go, we'll go know, into in more detail. We'll go. Into right. Well, even, he, he was more aggressive. I yeah, mean, right. Tony Todd played the character much, much more. He's intense. I'm going to kill a lot you. more yeah. intense. But yeah. it surprised me how even in the in the first one, when Ben uh, Barber started to flip out yes. and he struck her. Yes. Even that, he didn't strike her to hurt her, but he was trying to bring her out of it. Yes. Well, she hit him. Technically, she smacked him first. 
But she did, but it was just it was just amazing to see all that on screen yeah. at that time. Oh yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah. Well, I know that well, in the book, uh, the shock value, they talked about how uh, Jones was concerned. <laughs> he's like, he, you know, <laughs> you know, he's like, well, you know, you're gonna have me smack this white lady in a, uh-huh. in, a in a movie in 1968. Uh, I mean, I don't think he said it like that, but the point being yeah. is at the time, at the time, I mean, lest we forget, I think they said it was what. Three to six months after they they finished, you know, this movie and uh, Ramiro was starting to take it around for distribution was when uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated and the same year that RFK was assassinated. So Mm -hmm. this was a turbulent time. And and that's one of the things I really wanted to kind of, you know, dig a little deeper. One of the elements that's always talked about with this movie is the kind of social political subtext that's there and that's why i think it works because it's not on the surface like you said it's not like Dwayne jones or ben and cooper are you know it's you know they're not you know there's no name calling there's there's this there's looks and there's subtleties but it's not it's under the surface so you can if you're a kid or whatever you can enjoy the movie just on that level yeah yeah but if you want to dig deeper and and one of the things i thought was interesting They've always said this movie is meant to be a more of a parable about Vietnam. That's why I, I'd heard that for the longest time. I would argue it's definitely, more, if you're going to pick something, it's more indicative of the race issue at the time. But I don't even think it's any one particular thing. I just think the movie is very, uh, it, it's prof, it's prophetic because if you think about by the time you got into the late 60s is when you had Hate Ashbury where you had you know people who had started off as peace and love hippies which were it was turning violent you had the manson family thing happen i mean you had everything kind of crashed and just became utter chaos and that is what this movie captures the essence of that the death of great leaders the death of a movement the death of all this stuff and just it's you know it's it's very um you know obviously a very dark way of looking at it but it's very 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 indicative of the times right Wow. All I saw was a movie with a bunch of dead, gross people of coming you after did. them in the house. Of course, <laughs> the same guy who ate and assaulted up Precinct 13 people. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I never really did a lot. I, I, I didn't admittedly ignorant about the history, um, you know, around the time frame of the movie as far as uh, um, I never read anything about what it's supposed to represent. I just remember watching it when I was younger and then obviously uh, more recently um, because it was just that it was, it was kind of the start of that cool zombie culture. And of course, that's yeah. really popular now. We've got fantastic TV show on now, Walking Dead, which is really big. But even in you know recent history, zombie movies have become big. And even just discussion among horror fans of zombies is has gotten you know, intensely bigger. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier, um, even just down to the fact of whether or not something is a zombie, which is what Tom and I were getting yeah. into that, um, you know, I, I being a fan of very, very old films, um, love the movie white zombie. Yep. Bella Lugosi. Bella Lugosi. Yep. Yeah. And that, which is, you know, what the original zombie, at least at that time was more of a drugged up, hypnotized person who was a slave of a voodoo, um, witch doctor, you know, and that played mm-hmm. by Bella Lugosi. And so, then in this um, and what Tom and I got to a debate about is in the in um, the 68 version of Night of the Living Dead, as the newscaster comes on, he yes. calls them ghouls because yeah. they're eating people. Yep. You know, and that, that refers to them as zombies, you know, as ghouls. So that's it's kind of a cool thing that, you know, this this launched that. Um, I know it wasn't the first zombie movie, but it was probably one of the bigger landmark movies in the whole um, landscape of zombies. You know, this is one of the bigger pieces of it. So. Um, I love the zombies in this. This was a really good one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, were you going to say something? 
No, I, it just it was really funny. Um, it seemed like the the some of the zombies in the original move faster than the zombies in the remake. Yeah, in the remake, yeah. Yeah, oh, and yeah. he made a point of saying constantly in the remake how they move so slow. Yeah, they, they said so like slow. three or four times. Yeah. Yes, they kept saying that like we can get past them because they move so slow. Yeah. Well, and so. I also think it was interesting <laughs> and, too. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, in the in the very beginning of the original, the one of the first things if you haven't ever seen this, obviously for those of you listening, go watch it. But one of the first things that'll strike you is the very first zombie. They are in the cemetery, her and her brother, and this guy's walking across the grass, and they think it's a person. And uh, that's when her brother is teasing her, and he comes up and he actually attacks them. But when he attacks them, it's not like a slow zombie attacks you. It was like some guy like a drunk, fighting, like a drunk homeless guy. Right. One of the things they talk about in the beginning, the newscasters uh, and some of them, they say, oh, maybe it's this, you know, uh, uh, people gone crazy and they're, you know, maybe it's which is more indicative of some of the, the more recent zombie movies where they seem just like people who have just gone crazy and are eating, you know, other people and stuff. But, yeah, they're they're quick. He even chases <laughs> the car that goes rolling down the hill. Yeah, I think that I think it will. It's um, and Jason and I were talking about this not that long ago, but Robert Kirkman, the guy, who, you know, the creator of Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. You know, he recently was t- somebody has asked a question about, you know, why are some of the zombies in The Walking Dead fast? Why are some slow? And he, my whole argument has always been you can have both, but it has to do with when they died. And that's the other difference, too, between I think of and Jason, the whole idea of uh, I don't know what side of the fence you were on with Tom about ghoul versus zombie. But, uh, you know, the, I was saying that the ghoul was that these are more ghouls. Than yes, the, they are. Absolutely. You know, the, the, Dead yeah. bodies that come back yes. and eat people are more ghouls, yes. and a zombie and, is more of an old-fashioned. Yes, exactly. You know, and I think, concept. and I think ultimately, what most people when they are saying zombie, that's what they're talking about because we're talking about the difference between somebody who is physically died and then this virus brings them back versus say like the rage virus in 28 days later where they never died, they just got this disease and it made them go crazy and right. you know just act all really violent. Yeah. Which is different. Actually, it's, in the original, it wasn't a virus. In the original, it was, it was radiation, radiation from a yeah, they, satellite yeah. from Saturn. Well, Ramiro, Ramiro and I think even Russo originally did not want to explain. You know, they didn't want to explain what happened. They didn't want to. They didn't want to give. They didn't want to give easy answers. And I think what ended up happening was Carl, Carl Hardman, who played Cooper, was one of the producers. Actually, everybody in the movie was also involved behind the scenes. So when he he told them early on, look, you know, we need to have uh, some kind of explanation. People aren't going to accept just it happened. So he, I guess, for whatever reason, uh, won out, and they added in a lot of that extra bit about the, it's probably why a lot of it all comes via the reporters and, and that kind of thing, which, quick trivia yeah, bit. Like expositionary the, TV. The main reporter guy, mm-hmm. do you know who that is? His name was Bill, uh, Bill Card- Cardill is the, the actual guy. He was an actual reporter in the Pittsburgh area. Um, if you've ever heard of Chili Billy, uh, I think I don't know if you pronounced it Cardilly when he would say Chili Billy, but he was actually a local horror host for years and years and years and I mean years in the really? Pittsburgh area, as well as being a reporter. And huh. his daughter Lori is the star of the original Day of the Dead. She is the huh. she's the you know the girl the 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 female scientist that it's a cop between the military and and the uh, oh yeah yeah and the scientists oh no I didn't know yeah that. yeah it's a little quick trivia I bit. actually think it would have been better if they had not explained the whole yeah satellite I thing I, but, I do too yeah you know. now in the, now do you guys want to go now obviously we touched on a lot of stuff um I, there's lots of other things we'd love to say I mean but I, oh oh 
Should, should we bring up? Let's bring up the ending of this one before we talk about the remake, only because it is different. There's, you know. Well, and one quick thing right. I want to mention in this one um, about that uh, Tawana talked about that I want, did want to mention. Yeah. She talked about the mother daughter scene. Yes. Yeah. At one point, the uh, family with the mom, yes. dad, and the daughter, and the daughter this entire time is, you know, and spoiler, duh, um, she's ill this entire time, and you know, especially watching it now, you know what's going to happen to her. She ends up course. coming back. You know, as a zombie. But the best part is the mom goes down there and the daughter's walking dead, grabs a masonry trowel mm-hmm. and, and just starts coming at her. And she's, you know, screaming, no, my yeah. baby. And she just basically guts her with this masonry that was, I'll trowel. Tell you what, that to me was way worse than the whole guts eating scene. The, the, the truck blows up at one point with some characters in it. I won't give it away. Yeah. But that scene where the daughter kills the mom. Was just yeah, that so was scary, bro- and I agree with that. Is that a zombie? And that, and like that, that could be contention of is that a zombie or a ghoul, too? Yeah, because yeah, because she had she the thought tool. Yeah, she actually didn't just. It's almost like she was like in the transition, maybe. Like she, right. you know, yeah, that was messed up. But a lot of them did that, though. A lot of them mm-hmm. were very, very cognizant. I mean, they didn't like they picked up bricks to bust out windows. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. one for sure. Because I, because I, Jason, remember when I said to you too? I noticed that in this one they react. A lot of them reacted to being shot, like they were in pain. Right. I thought yes. that was kind of odd. Yeah. I was like, well, why would they react? I mean, they're kind of just big hunks of meat that are, you know, walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do want to get into the the ending because I that, that's been yeah. always been the contentious uh, political point that a lot of people brought up, like, oh, that proves this is me- this movie was meant to be a, a statement on you know race relations and everything else. And while I mm-hmm. think that was an element, I, I, watching it this time, I don't know about that. Well, I would say no, because I, I thought about that, too. But then I remembered watching it again this time. They couldn't see what that, color he that's was. That's exactly what I was about to say, Daryl. That's exactly yeah, something moving through the window. Yes. So and the, and the, and the way they reacted, it wasn't like they kind of looked at each other, and went, huh, you know, like that, which would have been stupid and cheesy. Right. So I'm glad they didn't. No, they, even said, I got another one. Yeah, another one you for know, the fire. So, like you just yelled it yeah. out, like it's just another zombie. Now, if they had seen him, I mean, unless because he was holding the rifle, but he was in the shadows, and the way you know he was kind of moving up to the window, right. they're not going to take a chance. So I don't. To, to imply that it was motivated by race that they shot him. Yes, it's, I guess, a message to the audience because we know that he survived the night. So it's this ironic twist for us. But I don't know that that necessarily says anything other than just kind of how hopeless. <laughs> because it, made, it this made me, it made a twist to me because, like, Ben was smart throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Until... Why in the world would you not scream out? Yeah, I'm, I'm in alive. here. I'm in here. Yeah, exactly. Why, why yeah, would you? Yeah. Well, you hear people talking. Why would you slowly approach the window with a gun? Now, <laughs> if he did that and put his hands up, and they saw him and shot him, yes. that definitely would have been about race. Yes. Or he walked out the front door, and as soon as he opened the door and they stopped for a second, yeah, that yes. would have been much more obvious. Well, and, and, right. And without giving it away yet, obviously in the remake, what happens at the very end with between two characters? You know that was intentional. I and that's that's the mm-hmm. you know you, you know ultimately what we're applying yeah. what we're saying here is the killing of him was not intentional based on anything. Now, um, and we'll get this in the remake, but there's a scene towards the end of the remake as well that involves uh, a lynching, I guess you could say, of zombies. Right. That mm-hmm. was supposed to be in the original, but they decided it was just that was too obvious and too sensitive to do. Uh, so that's why they left it out. Now, if they'd done that, that might have sent 
the point home a little bit more. I definitely think the remake it was more kind of like on the nose with some of that stuff than uh, yeah. the original was. But uh, that all being said, let's go and play the trailer for the 1990 version of Night of the Living Dead. They came to pay their respects. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Why do you have to be so cruel? What? Show some respect. Now, they're running for their lives. A biologist in Stockton, California, have released reports focusing on the phenomenon, specifically on that trance-like state. Every shelter is becoming a trap. Are you sure we're going to be all right? Don't stop no matter what happens. It's just another dead end. They're coming right for us. George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. I like that trailer a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little more energetic. <laughs> yeah, a little more energy to it. And a little less uh, making it up as we go along. Okay, <laughs> obviously the, the remake, as far as the story goes, other than a few couple, yeah, you know, a couple twists and a little extra maybe action, it's mm. exactly this. I mean, this is a true remake. It is, but that except being, for the ending. Well, except for the ending, right. and, and and this was directed by Tom Savini, effects artist. This is his directorial debut, his feature. He had directed a couple episodes of uh, Tales from the Dark Side. The TV show yeah. um, and a couple other things, but <coughs> excuse me, he, uh, you know, this is his directorial debut. And Ramiro, they you know wrote the screenplay, but wanted Savini to to do this. And the effects were done by I think it was John Vulich, and they're great. I actually think to me the effects in this really reminded me of like The Walking Dead. Like there's a definite. Mm-hmm. Uh, similarity stylistically mm-hmm. in the effects. The effects in this were fan freaking tastic. They looked great. They held up. I never felt at any yeah. point like, oh, this movie looks like crap. No, it looked great, in my opinion. No, it was really, really good. Sharp. Uh, everything, you know, it didn't look too rubbery. No, um, it looked great. And plastic or fake. It really looked good. Yeah. yeah like, but like the little touches, like the autopsy man, you know, when he's walking. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I loved in the documentary they had on the DVD, the uh, D- Daryl, did you uh, get the. DVD off Amazon too for like four yeah. bucks and change, but it actually exactly. has a, it actually has a pretty good. Did you watch the twenty minute or whatever documentary? No, I didn't get a chance yeah. to. Yeah, I just got it today. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, okay. that's how long they took to send it to. Good me. lord, uh, I would I would definitely suggest watching. It's neat because it came out right after the movie and Patricia Tallman's in it with much longer hair. I will watch. Yes, and uh, Tom Savini uh, has got some great stuff in it, but it's neat because they really go into the history of both films, and they go into the effects and the choices that they made, and one of the things I liked, and they went into this in in that uh, documentary, was the autopsy zombie. Uh, Early on when Barbara's in the car after her brother's been killed, you know, the opening scene, she thinks she's getting help. There's a guy coming at her. He's wearing a suit, and she thinks it's just another guy. She's yelling for him to Mm -hmm. help. Well, she sees a guy, well, we get that low angle behind him and, you know, seeing his ass right uh-huh. in her face. And, you know, he's completely naked and his, his outfit's been split up the middle. It's all one piece. And he starts stepping on the, you know, the, the bottoms of his pants. Whole thing comes down revealing that autopsy scar. She screams. And what was, but what's cool about that wasn't in that, you know, it wasn't in the original script. And Savini wanted to add that little element of, of realism because when Mortician's, 
prep a body for a coffin, at least according to Savini, they will do that. They have these, you know, these outfits. Yeah, they don't put, dress it yeah, with they, the whole. Yeah, they cut yeah. out the middle because then they can just lay it over them and, you know. Right. You know, which was kind of, but it's a cool little touch. It's, it's neat that they added yeah. that little detail. And that's what I liked about it is that there was all these little things. Um, but I now want to get into Patricia Tallman, Tomlin, uh, Tallman, I can talk, Tallman versus Tallman. Judith <laughs> O'Day, who was the original Barbara. Who, as Daryl said, yeah. was useless. Yeah, she wasn't even a main character, really. Yeah, it was kind other of. Other than she kind of introduced and set it up. Yeah, it was almost like she was Marion Crane in Psycho. Like we just had, we thought yeah. she was going to be yeah. the main character, but no, not really. And I guess in Time the for a switch. Yeah, exactly. And and Ben really does become the main character, which I guess you could argue he's equally the main character in this, but he's definitely more so in the original. Mm-hmm. And. When yeah. uh, Barbara in the original was supposed to live, apparently she was supposed to live. I don't remember what the reasoning was why they said, besides the fact that that would have really sucked if she was the one that got away, um, considering all that they'd gone through. <coughs> but in this one, they start her off in a similar vein, like she's losing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, but she she shifts. At some point, something turns. And like Tom the fanboy said, she goes all Ripley. Ripley. And it was, but it was awesome. Yeah. I loved it. I loved that they did that. I loved the the vibe. I loved the. Now, you know, my wife was watching with me. She made a comment. She goes, "Wow, she's a really good shot for like a librarian because that's kind of what she seems like." In the... <laughs> yeah, and, she and, does. And, and, oh, you don't know librarians. That's a they, yeah, uh... yes. Yeah, you you know you talk <laughs> in those dan- snipers. Yeah, if you're if you if you're in the back stacks talking too loud, they will pop a cap in your ass. That's all there is to it. <laughs> yes, they will. <laughs> so and that was a and that was a thirty thirty. She was using there too. So that thing would have had some serious kick to it. So oh, yeah. she was uh, she was popping it off. Although it did kind of sound like a uh, a gun from the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disney. That was like pa pa. <laughs> would you would you say that this? I mean, uh, the first movie might have been about race relations, but it seems like the second movie was was also about men and women relationships. I think oh yeah, the Cooper and his wife thing yes. was definitely a lot yes. stronger in yes, this. Like lot. he, you know, abusive husband kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Tone and 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 Ben had said something to her. I couldn't. I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. But he said something to her like, uh, "Why don't you live instead of being in the state? Why don't you try to live?" Yeah. And it snaps up in her. Yeah. You know, in her mind, she just snapped and she said, you know what? And I love the, they were like partners. Yes. Yes. In this, in this problem. How badass would that be? Patricia Tolman and Tony Todd, like if he had lived, like just like, like uh, a sequel of them just being like zombie hunters. Oh, that would have been I would have loved to see that. Oh, that yeah. Awesome. Well, but, that but, but I think it's, it's interesting because I think. Because they the, had chemistry. Oh, they did. They were great. I, and what's funny is they said that when he came in, um, I think originally Ving Rames was up for the part. Um, oh, there was a couple other major actors. At the time, they weren't major yet because this is 1990. Mm-hmm, so right. Ving Rames actually would the next year do People Under the Stairs. Another one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. of all time. I love that movie. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think that. When they picked uh, Tony Todd, who, and Tom, we would be remiss if we didn't say, probably best known as Candyman and Death in the Final Destination movies. Um, and, but, of course, oh, yeah. Candyman, you know, he was great. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> which I guess he did after this, because Candyman came out, what, in like 92? Right around there? 91? was Or was it? I think so. It was right around the same time frame. Yeah, it was after this, though. I know it was after this. Yeah, so this is one of his, I know he did yeah, a couple things before this. this, but this is one of his bigger 
pictures. Yeah, uh, it was 92. Break. Yeah, but they said when uh, Tony Todd came into the audition that he asked to see the script. He, he said, can you just excuse me for about five minutes? Left the room, came back, and I don't know exactly which scene he did, but it was one that required him to cry. He, he didn't have the script with him had memorized the lines in five minutes and did the whole scene, turned on the waterworks, the whole nine yards, and apparently wow. Savi- Savini just said, that, that, that's Ben. We're done. 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 So, uh, and I think it was a great choice. I love Tony Todd. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, obviously, I, I do agree that he's a lot more intense and probably because of the baggage of, like, Candyman and stuff like that, he comes across as scary. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. He just he's, Well, it seemed, he seemed like he... Um, and, and the difference between the Ben in the remake and the Ben in the original seemed more like he lost control in this one a lot more. Right. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. I agree. The Ben in the original was always in control. Yeah, very cool. He always knew what they were yeah. doing. Yep. Yeah. In this one, Tony Todd is Ben. He he definitely let fly with his emotions and got in a, you know, more of a fight, and it was it was definitely much more he wasn't in control. I got so. it. I got it, dude. Yeah, he made stupid mistakes in, in the second one. Uh-huh. Ben. This Ben because is Jack Shepard. This Ben is Jack Shepard. This Ben is Jack Shepard from Lost. <laughs> from Lost. And the Ben <laughs> from the original Night of the Living Dead is John Locke. Very zen, very cool comic collector. Yeah. And but this I'm Ben there. but this Ben was more Jack Shepard. You like him, he's a leader, but he, mm. he does some stupid crap. I'm just saying. He went a little Sawyer a couple times too, so. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Did he call her Freckles at some point? Oh, no, probably oh, he didn't? not. Okay. So, let's let's get into the big ending difference. Okay. Oh, and, and I do and I would be remiss, I have to say this. I had it in my notes and I would like kick myself in my own ass, which is a real trick by the way. Tom Towles who played Harry Cooper, right? He's the in the yeah. in the remake. I don't know if you recognized him. Uh, he played Otis in the original Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer with Michael Rooker, which is a messed up ass movie. If you have never seen it, people, <laughs> you th- if you think oh, you've never seen Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, Michael Rooker is one of his earliest roles. Uh-uh. Uh, David uh, Naughton directed it. He's a guy who went on to do Wild Things. Remember that with Nev Campbell and uh, Denise Richards. Um, yeah, and, and he's done some other things. But he also did another movie with Tom Towles called The Borrower, where there's an alien that basically rips people's heads off. And uses them as its own hmm. to hide its identity. It's this kind of really kind of cheesy one, kind of pretty much straight to video. But I like Tom Towles. I did find the character Harry in this one to be a little over the top. <laughs> I mean, he was very, uh-huh. very intense. Like the original Harry, and maybe it's just because the original actor wasn't really, an, I mean, he was an actor, but he wasn't, you know, as seasoned maybe as Tom Towles is. He definitely right. felt like he was more reserved. He was holding it back more. In this one, this. Tom was chewing the freaking scenery in, in some parts, which I didn't. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, he was. You mean to Harry Soprano? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good. That is good. Yeah, because that he definitely went. He definitely went oh, some Tony. God. <laughs> yeah, there were some moments. Yeah. But and he definitely played it like I felt like the original, much like they understated the racial aspect. I think they also understated how much of a coward Harry was, whereas in this one. I think there was no bones about it. The guy was just oh, yeah. They filled it in more. I mean, they they definitely did. And and in the in the in that one, he kind of seemed to get his just desserts at you know at, uh, in the original. He seemed yeah. to kind of get his just desserts. But you kind of felt bad for him too. I felt I kind of felt bad for the guy. Well, 
he came across in the original more like he was a dad trying to sit, just do what was best for his yeah. family. Yeah. And a cow. He was a sort of a he was a coward though. Yeah. He was right. still a coward in the first one, but he was it was he was really scared. This one, he not only was he a coward. He sabotaged. Yes, him. yes, yeah. Exactly. He was a d bag. Yeah, he was. He was a total yeah. d bag. Yes, exactly. Yeah, which was entertaining. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. So in, yeah. the, in the first one, you know, he gets he gets munched, and then in the remake, he finds a way to hide up in the attic, which turns out to be the best place to hide. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, right. why didn't they just think about that to, from the friggin' beginning? It's not like you could I go know. up the damn. Yeah, because <laughs> they even went because to the they point spent of showing... so much time fighting. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. uh, so anyway, he hides up there, and in the and the ending of the of the remake, yes. In uh, in in the original, um, the very ending, it comes down to Ben and Barbara, and uh, Barbara gets you know too close to the door barricade. Yes, they basically break through and drag her ass out. Yes, including yeah. Johnny, her brother. Yep, played by yes, Russ exactly. Steiner, yep. who was one of the uh, producers on the movie. Yeah. Yep, and so they drag her out and munch her, and then Ben ends up escaping and getting in um, down into the basement and everything. And so the ending of that movie was one of those, oh, shit, they just they did not just do that, did they? Yeah. <laughs> That's the one where, yeah. and we've talked about it, but to really bring everybody on board, he survives the night, and he actually wakes up in the morning, and this posse of uh, you know local yokels has basically started going around with their rifles and killing the rest of the zombies. They get up to the house... And Ben kind of walks up to the window through yeah. the barricade with his gun. And one of them sees him and says, oh, bow, and just kills him, drops him right there. And they, the ending of the movie is them dragging him out and throwing him on the fire with the rest of the zombies. In the remake, he survives and, uh, and Barbara survives, but he gets shot by Cooper. Cooper yes. escapes into the attic mm-hmm. and is alive and well. Ben gets down and realizes he's dying in the yep. basement. Yep. But Barbara escapes like she kind of becomes this really badass, you know, <laughs> well, she does what she said character. about going, being able to run past them because they were so yeah, she's kind of walks by him, shoots a couple. And and- I do want to I want to acknowledge something because they talked about it in the documentary and then I, I made sure to pay attention when it happened. But she talked about yeah. how people, the actress Patricia Tallman said that there's the scene when the one zombie, which was really creepy, had like the baby doll. The baby doll? Yes. Yeah, what was that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was just meant to be, because the thing with these you know, ghouls is that there are elements of their past that they're still connected to, which is the argument they were making with Dawn of the Dead. That's why they go back to a mall. And in Day of the Dead, yeah. Bub, is, they give him a Walkman. He has, he has some kind of sense memory of his human right, normal right, life. Right. So that, this, that idea was that she was like this mother with her baby. And it, but it's creepy, okay? But what I, I love, I thought it was like supposed to be like her mom or no, something. No, she I don't think so. Like someone she knew. No, but that's what I love. That's what I thought. That because she reacted in such a strange, familiar way. Right. What, what I love, though, no, I think what it was is like what The Walking Dead does so right, which is even though these are zombies and they're you know, have to survive, people have to survive. There's a real profound respect for the inherent humanity of you know just people yeah. and mm-hmm. life, and they don't. You know, there's not this flippant sort of like I'm just cat like it's a video game. They are yeah, right. they you know, she her reaction is, you know, you got this this woman who, you know, didn't ask for this, you know, and, and she she's holding a doll like it's her child, and then yeah. I'm just gonna kill her. And just it was like her it was like a moment of because up to that point she'd been holding it together, she had lost it at the beginning, got it together. I think it was her, like she was yeah. starting to lose her mind again and then got it back. Like it was just it was such then, a cool moment, I thought. She, 
she even has that same realization or at least articulates it at the end because she ends up surviving and yeah. these people find her and they basically rescue her, take her back to this base camp of, you know, a bunch of other rednecks. Yes. And as she's walking around that camp, she sees them torturing these zombies. Yeah, like that was they've the got scene one in a corral. The original. Yeah. They've got the, well, the scene you mentioned where they had lynched a bunch of them up on, on yep. nooses and they were shooting them yep. and they were still alive. And she basically makes the comment, they are us. And we, yeah, we are. Because she looks. Yeah, at we, are them, yeah we are them. They are us. We are them, and they are us. Yeah. So she basically, you know, realizes that well, they're inherently violent because we're inherently violent, you know. And yeah. um, so very good, Jason. Sorry. Did you think that went <laughs> up all your I didn't mean to get smart for a second. I'm sorry. Yeah, don't let that. Happen. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think well ultimately, and that's what Ramiro's you know intention I think with especially from Dawn of the Dead on was yeah. that all of the movies were meant to be. It's not about the zombies. It's about the people. Yeah, and it's and it's about the time that that movie is taking place. Like even Land of the Dead, which came out several years back, was meant mm-hmm. to be kind of like this it, reminiscent of this kind of like the post nine eleven world type of mentality. So he, he's you know he does this a lot. With that, with that element, um, yeah. but I, I will say that, <clears throat> and I don't think we do. We go into the fact that Tony Todd, what his character, what happened? Did we say what happened to him? Like oh said, no! Yeah, okay, so then, he, he and he and uh, yeah. Cooper actually get in like a shootout and shoot each other, mortally wounded. Well, you think that they're mortally wounded. Uh, right. Ben goes back down to the basement, just like in the original. And then the morning when he gets up, Barbara's actually with this posse who this time there is no bone, which ironically, even though I felt like race was not an issue in this movie at all. I guess one time uh, Cooper makes kind of a snarky comment, but I just get the impression he was just being snarky to be snarky. You know what do you say about like, oh, you don't yeah. look like a neighbor, you know, but I, I just think he was just a dick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, he hated everybody. Yeah, he hated everybody. Yeah. He wasn't, yeah. I like, he, he, yeah. yeah, he's just a jerk. But. <laughs> but but I think that when um, uh, this time the the posse that's going around killing the zombies in the original, you just felt like it was a bunch of lawmen and the reporter. This they, they you know they're mm. just they're like one dimensional rednecks, you know. And Barbara's yeah. going with them back to the house. Oh, they were having barbecues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was like a party. They were tailgating. Yeah, it was a party. <laughs> and Barbara goes with them into the house, and they go to the uh, the basement. They open the door, and who steps in the door? It's Ben. Except Daryl. Uh, he's a zombie. Yes, he's a zombie. Yeah, how did that even happen? I, well, I only I could figure because um, he died in the house, and I'm uh, guessing that if you die and the virus is airborne, I would. I mean, if you're, it affects you when you're dead. So I only think I could figure because he yeah. wasn't bit. You know, he wasn't bit. Because they did say the cemetery people came back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So but yeah, just... so the, the the rednecks shoot him, yeah. uh, kill him dead yeah. again. Um, and then, of course, at that point is the best part of the whole yes, remake. Because they're not is... paying attention. And, and Cooper comes down out of the attic, sees yep. Barbara, turns and says, oh, you came back. I, I made it. Made it. Yeah. And then she levels her gun off and just pops his ass. Just cold. Just <laughs> right in the floor. Wonderful. Boom. Wonderful. And just kills him. <laughs> and it's like, and it's, this, and it's it's sort of, I guess you could make an argument that she was feeling moral and like high and mighty back at the camp about like, the way they were treating <laughs> yeah, zombies. Yet she just killed a, even though he's a, don't wrong, he's a D-bag, but she just like. Innocent man, a, a, yeah. a guy who isn't even armed. Well, I guess he might have been armed because he, you know. But, mm. you know, I don't wrong. I don't think he, you know, he pretty much deserved it. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know. Well, he did kill them. Like, I think that what angered her the most was that because of um, what he did at true. that point when 
is why Cooper's yeah, dead. Yeah. Is why yeah. is why Ben's dead. <laughs> yep. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. And it it works on the level that when you're watching the movie, you don't think about it, but kind of in hindsight, I was thinking, okay, wait, a, so you're worried about, oh, they're, they're us, we're them, you know, kind of having this little, you know, existential moment, but then mm-hmm. you're just going to cap this guy, you know, which, 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 again, you know, that's one of those uh, little, ne- that's what I like about those kind of movies. You got that kind of nebulous, you could, you could yeah. you know. It was morally, a nice twist on the original. Yes, it really was. It was kind it of was a good cool. little yeah. play off of. Yeah, you didn't you didn't try and replay the power of how the original ended, but you gave a nice mm-hmm. little homage to it in a couple of places. By the way, speaking of homage, did you catch the scene, the shot in the basement when um, the mom was getting killed? Blood splattered across trial. that same yep. masonry trial. That awesome. Yes, that was good. That was <laughs> yes. good. Yeah, that was really and good. And the first one, it's it's funny because the first one seemed to be the women were uh, actually the women kind of caused the deaths of some of the characters. Like, yeah. because of their action yeah. or inaction, they, they kind of got other people killed. But in the second one, the women were the ones that, you know, kind of, you yeah. know, were the heroes. Yeah. Kind, you know, instead of, instead of the yeah. the baggage, because that's all they were, were baggage in, yeah. in the first movie. Well, a, a, yeah, a, they're a, flat. A, 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 what, what, Jason? They were kind of flat characters. Oh, characters. Mm-hmm. I thought you were... <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> and let's not forget to point out the naked zombie that was in both. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, as Jason yeah. likes to say, you can never have enough naked zombie. I agree. Yes, and, <laughs> and I do a quick trivia. Uh, the uh, Johnny in the remake, because the original was Russ Streiner, who uh, was the, one of the producers, and actually he played uh, in the remake the sheriff who's like, yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up when Barbara's walking through the camp. That's him. That's the original Johnny. Oh, yeah. And what's really cool is the guy who played Johnny in the remake. Did you catch who that is without looking? No. Okay. It's no. Bill Mosley. Uh, he was uh, Chop Top in Chainsaw Massacre 2. He was in Devil's Rejects and um, House of oh, Thousand yeah, Corpses. Oh, right. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. the character Otis. Was that his name? What was his, no, what was the character's name? In, do you remember in House of Thousand Corpses and Devil Reject? Anyway, he's been in a butt-ton of horror flicks. And whatnot, yeah, so yeah. I just thought it was kind of interesting that he was... Uh, the, the Johnny that buys it in the uh, opening scene there. And I think that's pretty much it. I'm sure there's a bunch of crap we have not been able to touch on. And we let's go ahead and get into our Forgotten Flicks movie picks and just do real quick, you know, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> this is the movie we're recommending. Check it out. One yeah, day. yeah. Because you know, we've been on for, what, two hours now? Yeah. It's right. pushing that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I'll, mine, mine's a quick one, an easy one. It's actually a remake of a Romero flick, uh, the 1978 Dawn of the Dead. I actually chose the 2004. Oh, of course you did, you jack. Because <sighs> I love that. Pick. <laughs> that was your pick? <laughs> you both suck. See, that's going to shorten it even better. You both suck. Why would you pick that and not the original? I love this one. I actually really like it. I mean, the original is uh, obviously Romero, and this one, Zack Snyder directed it. Oh my God, it ends with a found footage like, horror movie. It's Ving Rhames, though. Ving oh, Rhames, well, exactly. That is, the only, that is the only reason That is the only reason I don't completely hate it. It's because it has Ving uh, Rhames in it. I don't know, though. Mackay Mac- Pfeiffer plays a good role in it, too. I like him. Until he turns an idiot. Until he, until he, oh, he does his, this. His wife and that, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, so this is actually a really good one. I like the whole back and forth. It it was, uh, I thought it was a pretty good remake. But, My zombies um, wind sprint. 
Yeah. And, but you know what? I was talking about this today. I think the cool thing about this one that was a, was a neat little twist to me is that, and we've talked about this, some of the things that make horror movies good is that you've changed people's perception of what is normal. Mm-hmm. And that even goes to like changing normal, the perception of what is normal zombies. horror. Yes. Well, there's this whole – think about it. There's this whole um, zombie culture going all the way back of what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be slow and methodical, and that's what makes them scary is that they're this force of hundreds. But this one twists that a little bit, and suddenly – whoa, wait a second. They're running? So basically, you know, Jason, real quick, you hate science. Is that how you take this? You hate <laughs> science because it doesn't make any freaking sense. <laughs> the ones that Why? Just... Because dead muscle tissue only does slow twitch no, and not fast twitch? Is that what no, because dead muscle tissue that's just died hasn't had rigor mortis set in. It hasn't uh, decayed Maybe the virus yet. loosens it up. Maybe the virus oh has got God. extra collagen if in it. You're going to have to fill in their scientific gaps for them when Mr. No. Kirkman himself has explained how this makes sense. I'm sorry. Did he invent all zombies? Is suddenly now he the only authority? No, on but you know zombie? what? His don't suck like the Dawn of the Dead remake. They did not suck. Oh. They were just fast. I like the opening. Uh, the opening was good. The, the little o- girl. The first ten minutes in. was awesome. I will give him that. It was that scary was... as hell. The first ten minutes. I actually yes, liked it was. I actually. Did you see the news reports that, that they did? What do you mean? Throughout, they, they did like little news reports. Um, you can see them on YouTube. On the on the movie, like mm-hmm. little news reports on on the, the virus and how it spreads and the and oh, the, cool. and the uh, in the body. And it scared the hell. I watched it. Um, I watched it at night and like early, like late, like after one o'clock. And I started <laughs> watching. It. Watch a horror movie. It spooked because when you're like when it's that late and it's so quiet outside. Yeah. <laughs> then the and cat the, comes to the door. Oh my god! god. <laughs> the reporters, like, because the reporters, it actually shows news reporters day by day, and they'll say day two of the virus, day three, and they're showing the reporters not leaving. They're disheveled and yep. you know tired, and they're going through. This is what happened, and they'll show like little scenes of other people in other states, and it's just so like they've lost contact in this area. Like it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it scares the heck out of you. Well, I, I will. I will just say this. I actually don't hate Dawn of the Dead the remake as much as I make it out to. I'm just trying to uh, stand in for those of us that prefer walking zombies. Or well, well, let me phrase that: zombies that move at a reasonable rate based on their level of dead and decay. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm anyway, saying. Can I point out one quick thing about this before oh, please, we move on? Please do, Jay. Please. Tom Savini actually has a a, a cameo in this. Yes, yes. as he, he did plays in the original. This. Yeah. Yeah, he plays one of the, uh, one of the sheriffs in the uh, in the um, 2004 remake. And, so and Ken cool. Ken Forey, uh, who was in the original Dawn of the Dead, he was he was the um, oh, why am I brain farting? Oh yeah, he was the, the the televangelist guy. The, no, the yeah on the, in the end, yeah, 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 yep. The the the, the world is ending. Yeah, yes. the end is. Yeah, and there's no more room in hell. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, that was Daryl and I's. How about that for cutting some time? What's yours? Uh, well, <laughs> mine, mine originally was going to be the original Dawn of the Dead. And you know what? Screw it. That's exactly what I'm going to pick. The original Dawn of the Dead. Just to be difficult. Which mine... would have been better if it had fast zombies. <laughs> yeah, I think I already said this once, but you go to hell. You go to hell and you die. <laughs> Yes. The original... Now you sound like Red State. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a cold still. Leave me alone. Okay. Yes. The original Dawn of the Dead. I can't believe I even live in a world where I have to do this. The original 
<laughs> this, the original that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Makes me sad. Back in my day. Yeah, back in my day when they made blood out of carol syrup and food coloring. <laughs> yes, it was directed by George Romero, written by George Romero, and starred George Romero. He was the Kevin Costner of his day. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it, it, obviously, same thing. Takes place in a mall. Same great yeah. stuff. Just better movie with reasonably moving zombies. Although I will say they definitely look better in the remake because the original. Yeah. yeah. They look it was more dead. people that just had like uh, charcoal rubbed on their face or ashes rubbed on their face. And, you know. Yeah. But there is a, there is a scene without giving too much away that involves the zombies getting somebody in an elevator as they're trying to like go up the shaft and. I don't care who you are. That's some scary crap because because they move so slow and you think you can get away. It just I think that's what makes me freaked out by them is that you yeah. think you can get away. You get all cocky, you get all confident, and then boom. Mm-hmm. And this probably has nothing to do with anything, but I just noticed it, which is in the original Night of the Living Dead. Um, ben grab. I think it was the original. Ben grabs the um, little girl and tosses her on the couch before he when she comes out of the basement. And goes down, you know, to the basement, locks it up. This is towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And he kind of throws her down. He has the gun, and he has an opportunity to blast her, but he doesn't do it, right? He just goes down. In Dawn of yep. the Dead, the original, and I don't I don't think they had this in the remake. There's a scene where they're at kind of like this isolated helipad gas station area, and these two kids come busting out at, at Ken Forey's character, and he grabs both of them, throws them on a couch exactly the same way, pulls up his M16, and... So it's interesting in the 10 year time. I mean, it's kind of almost exactly the same uh, kind of scene, but at the dawn, dawn of the dead definitely goes there. Ending. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely goes there. So yeah. On that note, gents, we will wrap this bad boy up and Jay, would you like to uh, throw out the voicemail? Absolutely. 206-203-0491. It's been too late, man. I'm getting tired. I know. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, visit us at ForgottenFlicks.com. Follow us at I Am Forgotten Flicks on Twitter. Jason is Flick Sidekick. And Daryl is. Daryl is the voice. Uh-huh. I was giving you a cue, buddy. One, two, three. Yeah, the voice. Oh, the voice, one, two, the voice, three, one, two on three, three on Twitter. <laughs> and you can find Daryl at. And, and you can find me on. Uh, the Taylor Network. WordPress.com. And we just, uh, for Nothing's On podcast, we. For Halloween, we we already discussed uh, Red State by uh, Kevin Smith. That is kind of horror esque uh, <laughs> type of show. And the one coming up, we're going to do uh, the show TV show Supernatural. Oh yeah, and American Horror X. Oh, okay. oh, excellent. All right. So we're going to talk about that, and uh, so you can see all that on on the website as well as um, no apologies if you're into comics. And pop culture stuff, and uh, yeah, I said it for a straight comedy that children can't listen to. <laughs> and well, I thought that, that was your—I thought that was your clean show. <laughs> nah, we played it at the schools, and then they we got arrested. <laughs> can't play within a thousand yards of a school. Now. We, yeah, we can't. Right. We can't do that. So we got a lot of talk on uh, New York Comic Con on all the uh, podcasts since we Sorry. had a chance to be there, and also you can check out the Fixers Hideout. Uh, and with Umar, who calls in every now and then. It's been a while. For, uh, Where's Umar? Yeah, he's been real busy. He hates uh, us. But he's back. He hates us. <laughs> no, nah, he's just been busy. He but he's us. back from the con. He's back okay. from the con, so okay. he should be ready to call again Excellent. and uh, catch up on everything. Okay, well, on that note, gents, 
have a happy Halloween, folks. And be sure to eat your candy without checking it first. Ha, ha, ha.